Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, more of the John Chuckery Show. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back at it, Chuck Show. Final hour of the program is the start of the Brown Liquor Music Hour. Chuck Ross gets first request. Uh, Gerald LeVert's birthday is today. So the son of, well, the, the, so he is, now I, I can't forget, uh, I can't forget his father's first, I can't remember his father's first name. See, I get I get I get confused in, in all these things. Um, but Gerald Levert is the son of the guy from um, the OJ's, um, Eddie Levert, right? Isn't it Eddie? Oh, my brain, my brain. Yeah, Eddie Levert. Yeah. So um, Gerald was born in. Well, I think he's born in Canton, Ohio. Um, that's where that's where they formed um, the original OJ's. Uh, I think they all went to McKinley High School. So it's Gerald's birthday today, the son. So and he's the lead singer for the brand Levert, right? I get all this confused, and my my brain just gets kind of fried after a while. So uh, happy birthday to Gerald Levert. So a little uh, little uh, what was it, Casanova from about what 1987 or something like that. So anyhow, four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. We'll open the phones back up coming up here in the next segment. We're gonna do something a little bit different coming up tomorrow night. So we're kind of going to open up the phone lines starting at 10 o'clock after Braves baseball. And we'll give you a chance to react to, you know, what happened, uh, you know, last night, uh, you know, sorry, um, you know, uh, tomorrow night in the game and what have you. So we will, uh, we'll, we'll open up the phone lines to allow folks to react and give us your thoughts about what happened in the Braves game that particular night. So, We'll start doing that coming up 10 o'clock tomorrow. We'll kind of, I don't know, we'll come up with a gimmick name for it, right? And again, we're not going to call it the Braves post game show, but we'll come up with some kind of gimmicky name for it. So it'll be, it'll be something akin to Doink in 1994. So that's what we'll do anyway. So, all right, all of that uh, coming up uh, tomorrow night. First, though, let's get to what we call a college football roundup. It's time for the College Football Roundup. A complete look at all the collegiate football action. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. I love this from the Deputy Commissioner of the Big 12, uh, Tim Weiser, who had some parting shots for Texas. Uh, As the SEC, you know, again, they got their media day starting 
next week. During an interview at Big 12 Media Days, the former Kansas State Athletic Director was asked about the Longhorns' motivation for leaving the conference. He said, quote, I continue to maintain the choice Texas made wasn't a financial one because we all know what the Texas resources are like. I think their decision was more about affiliating with a group of schools that on a given Saturday that would they would rather get beat by Alabama than Kansas State or Florida than Iowa State. That was really the driving uh, drive. That was really driving the way they looked out down the road. So good. Listen, good for. And again, this guy's the deputy commissioner, right? Good for him. Good for him taking shots on their way out. I wouldn't have been as diplomatic, but anyway. Uh, he also went on to say that I think they, Oklahoma, were more of what I would call a reluctant bride. That kind of felt like if we won't, if we don't go, what happens to the Texas OU football or basketball game? Um, those things we know from a OU Texas standpoint are important. I kind of felt like if I was in Oklahoma's position, it would have been hard for me to not think about that long term. So, again, you know, whether right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, about all of this kind of stuff, first off, I give the deputy commissioner credit for taking his shot to out there. But, you know, again, um, if you are Oklahoma, and, and there's there were rumors for years about Oklahoma potentially going to the SEC. Like that, I, I got news for you. That, that's been rumored for 20-plus years. I, I heard that rumor 20-something years ago that Oklahoma was going to end up heading to the SEC. Then it finally happened. Maybe Texas was the motivator in all this kind of stuff, but it finally did kind of happen with uh, with Texas. So, um, but yeah, it's again they're going to get out of their contracts, you know, early, and they're going to start in the SEC early. And again, as we said, uh, SEC media days start next week from Nash Vegas. So I wish it was here in Atlanta. Um, that was a good time last year. We had fun uh, at SEC media days last year covering it, and uh, I think. I may be wrong. I don't want to speak out of turn. I think maybe Chris Goforth is going to SEC Media Days. I'll find out. I'll find out for sure from him. But uh, if he is, we'll tr- try to catch up with Chris coming uh, next week. But um, obviously, we'll talk some SEC Media Days about the the unofficial start to college football, right? I think SEC, I mean, for all the other Media Days and all this kind of stuff, the SEC Media Days is a complete spectacle, right? It's, it's the spectacle in college football as far as Media Days goes. More than the Big Ten, more than the Big 12, ACC, or what have you. Um, it's the big spectacle. And, you know, that seems to be the official, well, I should say the unofficial launch of college football season. When you go to, when you get SEC Media Days going, that feels like it's been the unofficial launch to college football over the last decade plus. And it's a crazy event. Um, it's fun. I mean, again, I know some people. Don't really get excited about going to it, but um, it's always fun to hear the coaches and, again, some of the things and, and shots taken, you know, by one another and this, that, and the other. So, um, good stuff. Uh, speaking of the SEC, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey uh, is getting a contract extension. So, it's going to be at least through 2028. The SEC announced the extension on Thursday, just four days before the conference holds its annual football media event in Nashville. He's had the role since 2015. Um, 
held several roles within the conference prior to being elevated uh, to commissioner. Uh, according to tax filings obtained by ProPublica, Sankey earned $3.7 million in 2022. Quote, I am grateful for the continued opportunity to serve and support the universities and student-athletes of the Southeastern Conference, and I appreciate the confidence placed in me by the SEC's presidents and chancellors. I look forward to working with the leaders of our member universities, and we meet the challenges ahead for college athletics, seek to sustain the success of our conference and fulfill our mission to provide our young people with an opportunity to grow academically and challenge themselves through elite competition. Can I tell you, though, Greg Sankey is one of the most gracious human beings. I mean, I again, always good with his time, always had time for interviews. Um, he's not afraid to be the face of the SEC, doesn't duck and hide. Um, I, I don't know that you could have a better leader for the best football conference in America than, than Greg Sankey. I, I, I can't imagine anybody being a better leader for the conference. And, again, he is – more than gracious with his time, and just, you know, he's SEC through and through. I mean, he may be from New York, but he is SEC through and through, and I love that about him. So, um, obviously, this was that this was a complete no-brainer uh, to do that. In a statement, University President uh, Moorhead uh, called Sankey a visionary who has overseen the nation's most stable and successful athletic conference. So, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, again, he's on the Transformation Committee. Um, but yes, I mean, he's, you know, again, one of the, one of the most powerful people in all of college football and, uh, and well-deserved. So, and by the way, you know, again, it's not just football, right? Didn't we just see, uh, the college world series had two sec teams in it, right? I mean, LSU and Florida, uh, and then also too, um, LSU and uh, South Carolina have been back-to-back women's basketball champions, right? LSU won it this year, right? And then uh, South Carolina won it the, the year before. So, again, it's not just football. You know, it's all different types of sports that have uh, had massive success to them. So, good for uh, good for Greg Sankey and all of that. And the ACC and the CW strike a broadcast deal to air 50 football and basketball games. Um, the ACC will begin airing football and basketball events on the CW network. Now, do we have that here in Atlanta? It, did, did, was that is that the did it used to be UPN? Um, I believe so. That's it's like on Clark. it's 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 not so it's obviously not Fox or anything like that. No. It, it's the, the CW is its own. Network. It's got the right. frog, right? Yeah. It had the was, flash and or, all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, 50 games to be broadcast beginning September 9th with Pitt's football game against Cincinnati. 13 ACC football games will air on Saturdays on the CW, which will broadcast 28 ACC men's and women's basketball games throughout December, January, and February. The ACC will have men's basketball doubleheaders on the CW every Saturday and women's basketball doubleheaders on Sunday afternoons. Raycom Sports, which uh, sublicenses ACC events from ESPN, sold its rights to CW but will continue producing them. So remember it was Raycom Sports that was like the noon kickoff games for the ACC and all that good kind of stuff. So the CW has not aired college sporting events. Um, sorry, it is. 
the CW has not aired college sports events, but is the exclusive home for Live Golf, as if anybody really cares about that because, again, that's going away too. But the uh, network is best known for broadcasting the series, uh, for the broad, for broadcast series, including All-American, which focuses on college football players. Have you ever seen that show, All-American? I've never even heard of it. It's a, it, it's a terrible, just r- ridiculous. Yeah, just say dumb, just <sighs> dumb show. Yeah, it's just yeah. dumb. It's bad yeah. all around. Yeah, I mean, you, you gotta you have the, the the brain power of a flea to yeah. watch it. Yeah, the that the football acting that goes mm-hmm. on in the show is terrible. Like they had a guy who was supposed to be like a five star quarterback. Guy couldn't throw the football. Like you could tell just by his form, he had never thrown a football before in his life. Jeez, crazy. Uh, ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips in a statement, we are thrilled to be adding the CW into our weekly ACC football and basketball lineups. Yeah, okay, sure they are. Uh, I wonder how much they paid for all of this too, by the way. CW's national distribution will directly benefit our student-athletes. Let me ask you, um, they, they appreciate ESPN and Raycom working together. Is ESPN or the CW easier to find? Uh, I would assume the ESPN is. I, I would think. I mean, again, <laughs> I, I, I know it's broadcast television. I mean, I know I know ESPN is cable versus yeah. broadcast, but still, um, it's like UPN back in the old days when they had SmackDown on. You, you didn't know where UPN was. You just tried to see if you could stumble across SmackDown. At some <laughs> you point, just flip right? some channels and yeah, hopefully exactly. it pops up. So the ACC in July of 2016 agreed to a 20-year media rights agreement with ESPN that ran through the. 25, uh, 20, 35, 36 academic years. Some league members have expressed frustration with that long-term agreement as the ACC trails in revenue. But uh, Phillips has vowed to be creative in seeking solutions to create greater revenue. So, okay, whatever. I mean, again, they're on the CW. The CW was going to get either the Pac-12 or the ACC at some point. So um, now they've got a hold of them. So anyway. All right, 404-726-0929. Asking you the question, if the Braves do nothing at the deadline, will you be okay with that? Chuck Rinnakia Studios, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, Odyssey.com app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Night. 
Sports with John. We should be so lucky. It's the John Chuckery Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game back at a Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the Kia Studios. Four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. Asking you the question: The Braves do nothing at the deadline. Will you be okay with that? You know, we talked with Chris Willis about this earlier in the show. It certainly is a different conversation than it was maybe six or eight weeks ago, where we had questions about: Okay, what's left field going to end up becoming? Rosario got off to a slow start. He's really kicked it in. He's played well offensively. He's made some good defensive plays in the field. And you feel like now left field is secure. Marcelo Zuna, DH, got off to a dreadful start, but then picked it up May and June and, you know, obviously had a good first half of the year. Shortstop, Orlando Arcia, could he hold the job or not? Well, he's done more than that. Started in the All-Star game. Pitching, starting pitching. Well, we had Freed, we had Wright. Ian Anderson was going to be gone for the year. What are we going to do? We got three guys, and people are talking about Madison Bumgarner and people like that. Aren't you glad we didn't do all that? Now we look and say, okay, well, Max Fried's going to be back probably by the end of the month, and we're ready to rock and roll. We can figure out our fifth starter, but give me four good starters. We had two all-stars, and Max Fried's the best left-hander in baseball. Bullpen, things have kind of come together. Now, do I think the Braves are going to make a move? Yes. Alex Anthopoulos just will not sit by and – let the deadline pass and not make a move or two. But, you know, if he didn't for whatever reason, I wouldn't be upset. I think this team is ready to roll. They're, they're certainly the favorite to win the National League and, you know, probably to win the whole thing. I don't know what the Vegas betting odds say, but there's no reason to think that the Hawks, or sorry, the Braves aren't, I'm watching some NBA basketball up here, summer league basketball action, but no reason to think that the Braves aren't the prohibitive favorite in the National League and maybe just in all of Major League Baseball. So 404-726-0929, jump on the phone line and give us your thoughts. Let's go to Hollis out in Canton. What's going on, Hollis? Hey, John. How you doing? Good, buddy. What's going on, man? Good. A couple of things I want to talk about. One one is like, first of all, you're talking about the dominance of the SEC, and, and, I, and I agree with you in football because Alabama and Georgia, they are the dominant teams, but you know, when you look at the overall NCAA, all the teams in, that are included in the NCAA, the ACC had the most national champions in the other conference in the nation. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing is, when you look at Georgia's schedule for next year, and it's called one of the weakest in the country, when the majority of their teams are SEC teams. So what's, how does that speak to the conference in itself? Well, again, a strong conference. Well, again, their their SEC schedule is is weak, but also their out of conference schedule is dreadful. I mean, and and I'll say it. I mean that that includes. I mean, people don't look at Tech as. I mean, you know, a, as any kind of real rival. I mean, right now, but again, Georgia. First off, I mean, Georgia is the most dominant program in the country right now. So again, they get the Without benefit of the doubt. Yeah. They do. They are. They're strong. They'll always be strong. As long as Kirby Smart's there, yeah. they're going to be a strong team. But the fact of the matter is, unless the rest of the conference takes up, it's always going to be that way because the rest of the conference between Alabama and Georgia is very weak. Well, again, when you get to 2024, though, their schedule in the SEC amps up. 
I mean, they're going to go to Austin, Texas. They're going to go to Tuscaloosa. So, I mean, their schedule, you know, next year, not this coming year, but next year, their schedule ramps up. I mean, their, their schedule yeah. definitely amps up in the SEC over the next couple few years. And then, you know, eventually they're going to have Oklahoma on that schedule probably in 2025 as well. So, yeah, you know, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're just by the nature of the conference, their schedule is good. And, again, the way the conference is structured now, you're going to play every team twice in a four-year period. So, you know, there's no, you know, there's no getting around LSU, Bama, and all these other schools. They're going to play those schools on a consistent basis. Yeah, and I get that. When they do those those years, that's going to be when they show their true dominance. Sure. That's one other thing I want to talk to you about, and it's because of a guy I played for at Furman University, and I think it's kind of been left out. College football lost a great guy the other day when Dick Sheridan passed away. Mm -hmm. And um, I played for Dick Sheridan at Furman. He went on to NC State and led them to a program that became pretty dominant in ACC for a while. He was great friends with Jim Valvano. But, you know, Dick Sheridan got – he passed away this two weeks ago. A great coach, a great college mind, put in the College Football Hall of Fame two years ago. And I just want to mention my appreciation for being a, a player under his lead and and uh, I really hate that I haven't heard more about it in the NCAA world and all that kind of stuff. But a, a great guy I played for, and and he'll be missed. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, that's that's pretty cool. Hollis said that uh, you got that memory. So uh, good stuff there. Good stuff. All right, four zero four seven two six zero nine two nine. Let's go to Frank out McDonough. What's going on, Frank? Hey Chuck, how you doing? Hey buddy, how's it going, man? Hey, blow the freaking whistle. <laughs> That's what Mike Conchie is going to be my top 10 for now on. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, um, but, but for real, though, I mean, will I be upset? No, but I will be kind of disappointed if the Braves don't at least make a move for like a um, pitcher. And, 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 and I'm actually going to say a starting pitcher because here's the deal. Outside of Spencer Strider, I don't see anybody who's really like um, lights out. I mean, because, you know, when you get to the playoffs, I mean, you always reference the 2003 Braves and how they got beat by the um, Cubs. I mean, because they, they faced two pitchers who mm-hmm. were just pretty much lights out. And I've heard you mention before about, you know, in terms of football with the Falcons, like you can never have too many pass rushers. Well, the same thing is true with um, baseball. You can never have too, too many pitchers. And the thing is, I mean, you know, Michael Soroka, you know, he's trying to feel his way. I mean, Charlie Morton, one day he could be lights out, another day he he can give up five runs. And Bryce Elder, yes, he's been a great story, but I think he's starting to fall back to earth, and you don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs. So, yes, Max Fried is coming back, but that's still kind of a question mark. You know, is he going to come back and is is he going to stay healthy? So, and you already saw an example last year where, I mean, the Phillies, you know, you didn't get past the NODS because – I mean, really because of, of pitching. So, and you've seen, like, in the past where teams like the Dodgers, even though you already have all-stars, you just stack on, you know, you just pretty much you know, stack on top of what you already have. So, I mean, to me, th- th- this year with the Braves, with, with their record and everything, and all these so-called, you know, I mean, it, I guess with these home run, uh, home run, Run, well, um, records. 
they, they, they have to um, do something. I mean, people are saying, like, you know, World Series are bust, so well, why not, you know, make a big, big move? Well, I don't, I don't – the other the part of this, though, is – and thank you for the call, phone call, Frank. Um, I don't know that there's a dominant starter on the marketplace, though. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think that there's a, a dominant guy that – I mean, look, let me put it like this. There isn't a better starter that's going to be at the trade deadline than what bringing back Max Fried is. I think Max Fried's the best left-hander in baseball. He's been the most consistent left-hander in baseball – over the last couple few years, even more than Clayton Kershaw. And, and remember, you know, again, when, when you talk about pitching, look, Clayton Kershaw's reputation up until a couple of years ago was he was a great regular season pitcher and didn't do squat in the postseason. That was his reputation up until they won the World Series and got over that hump. But that was his reputation for a long time was all right, great in the regular season, MVP and all that stuff, but couldn't get it done in the postseason. But there's nobody on the open market that that I know of that's going to be a better starter than what Max Freed is. Now again, we'll wait to see you know if he's how healthy he is and and I get all of that. But I don't think that there's and the other part of this too is I don't think they feel like they have to give up a bunch of assets and bring a big name player in here because they're pretty well set. Now you may disagree with that, but I I don't think that they. I don't think, let me put it like this. I don't think that they are going to sell off their farm to bring some big arm in here. You know, there's not a Randy Johnson on the marketplace right now, right? There's not, not a Garrett Cole or, you know, somebody like that that's, that's on the marketplace or even a, you know, even a U Darvish or whatever, whatever name you want to attach to it all. But I don't think that they feel like they have to give up much in the way of prospects. You know, not some kind of blockbuster deal to, uh, you know, again, the Padres gave up a ton of prospects to give to get Juan Soto in there, and nothing paid off for it. Nothing's paying off for it now. You know, with this, what, $400 million contract or whatever you got for all of it. But, and I understand your point. And I don't think Alex Anthopoulos is just going to sit by the wayside. And, you know, again, but I'm asking, I'm just asking the, the question of the idea of if they don't do anything. Because I don't think that they're in a, have to do anything. Will they? Yes. Do they have to do anything? I don't think so. I mean, if you want to add a left-hander, you know, in in the uh, bullpen, no problem. You want to add a right-handed bat to face left-handed pitching to come off your bench? No problem. But I don't, again, we're not looking for a starting left fielder. I don't think we're even looking for a starter. You can get through, I mean, again, the way where, where this division is at this point you got four starters. You can find your fifth guy, Soroka, Schuster. Again, you're not going to need five starters all the time, and certainly you're not going to need five starters in the playoffs. You know, again, you, you won't have to have a, a necessarily five guys that can line up and get everybody out in the playoffs. But you feel pretty good about the idea of, okay, I've got two all-stars out of my three regular guys, and I'm getting arguably the best left-hander in baseball back for this team. That's a pretty good place to be. Pretty good place to be. You know, and I, again, you have to have confidence in Strider and Elder that they can get it done. Have they? Well, you know, at times, times not. You know, Strider didn't pitch all that well in that Philadelphia game but where they lost the series, but you, you've got to have confidence in those guys. So we'll see what happens, you know, at the end of the day. But 
I, I still don't think that Alex Anthopoulos is just going to let the deadline pass by and he's not going to make a move on anything. I, I don't think that's going to happen. That's the, that's uh, you know if if nothing else, that's not his DNA is to just sit by and just sit on his laurels and just wait to see what happens. It's the Bill Parcells theory. You you even if you know Bill Parcells said if I can improve the fifty third man on my roster, I improve the fifty third man on my roster. If they can improve, I think Alex Anthopoulos is if they can improve the very last guy in their bullpen. They'll improve the very over the very last guy in their bullpen. They they will make sure that they have all of the assets and the horses that they need going into the playoffs. Because again, it, it should and listen, it should be World Series or bust. That's why I've, I've always said we have to have those kinds of expectations that we can't settle for. Well, you know, we had a good season. You know, that's why I always bring up that 2003 team. You know, I mean, to Frank's point, you know, again, I'll ne- I'll never forget as long as I live. Leo, after that series, well, you know, anything can happen in a short series. You had the most dominant offense in Braves history. And you got Smoltz, Maddox, and Glavin. And, and by the way, how what was the long-term success of Kerry uh, Wood and Mark Pryor? They were here today, gone tomorrow, were they not? How many World Series did the Cubs win with Pryor and Wood? How about Zero. They had a great year with those those two guys were dominant. And guess what? It lasted about two and a half years. And then, you know, again, Pryor was out of the league and Kerry Wood was pitching for the Indians, who's a relief pitcher for the Indians in his final go-round. So, you know, again, yeah, you know, anything can happen in a short series. Really? That's our answer? Had a guy hit 330 with 39 homers and 136 RBI in right field. Who was, what was Sheffield in that series? One for 18 or something like that in that series against Pryor and Wood and those guys? One for 18? He had 330 with 39 and 136. And he went one for 18. What? Anyway. All right, more to come. We get back. Chuck Randy Key Studios. Sports right now, the game on us at Talking local sports. Late at night. It's the John Chuckery Show. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Hey, I got my fat guy shoes on. I got my Skechers slip-ins on. I love these shoes, I'm telling you. I, I love these things. They're, they're, the, they're maybe the best shoes I've ever owned. I was going to say, I had, um, so in high school, I ran cross country for a few years, mm-hmm. and I had a pair of Skechers that I ran in, and one of the best decisions I ever made. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not that, they're not that ridiculous. I mean, I bought, I bought two of these Skechers slip-ins at uh, Rack Room Shoes, and it was buy one, get one free, and it was like 130 bucks. Yeah, I mean that's yep. not a bad price at all. I mean, sixty-five bucks a is, pair. I was gonna say that is amazing. Yeah, for some so, of the some of the money, and me not even being a big sneakerhead, some of the money that I yeah, spent yeah, on yeah. shoes. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not a big Lord. sneaker. Yeah, I could I could care less about 
about all the fashion statements and stuff like that. But anyway, Chuck Show back here with you, 404-726-0929. Do you remember the guy, Dom, from last year that um, did said the the, the member – the, the Mets guy who said the division is over. Hey, good old Sal, Sal Licata. Okay, Sal, yeah. Lip, Sal Lipskitz. <laughs> What's his name? All right. Have you seen? So what what does he do? He he hosts on he hosts on um, WFAN. Mm-hmm. I think from is it like midnight to five a.m. or something like that? Ooh, I'm not sure what his time slot is. Yeah, I think it's like midnight to five a.m. That's a fun one. Okay. Um, he's like their late late night because again, mm-hmm. remember they used to have like Steve Summers, yes, um, yes. you know who was the the night host like I am, and then he would Sal Lipskitz would would hope host uh, after that, <laughs> right? I think yeah. it was like I think it was midnight to five five a.m. Okay, um, have you seen where? And again, this is I always talk about this. I always say this: hot take sells. Hot take sells. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Well, guess what? He's about to move to middays on WFAN starting on ah. July 24th. Oh, look at Sal. Mm-hmm. You don't uh, – and again, when when he said that, oh, the division's over, that's the best thing that ever happened to him. He yeah. got more pub, <laughs> yeah. more notoriety. You know what? And, and, and I – I respect Colin Cowherd from this perspective. You know, he has said many times, look, there are guys doing overnights in Rhode Island that know way more about sports and are way more accurate than I am. But, you know, they're not, they're doing overnights in Rhode Island. And he's right. He's yeah. absolutely right. Absolutely. Hot take sells. I mean, I'm, and I'm not knocking Sal Lipskitz, you know, whatever. I mean, again, He's earned his spot, but let me tell you, uh, a year ago and in a couple of months, whatever it's been, 13, 14 months, whatever it was, because I think it was sometime around Memorial Day, right? It was it was sometime around Memorial Day when, when he made that proclamation. And now here he is just a little bit more than a year later, and he's hosting, he's hosting uh, middays on WFAN, on the number one sports talk radio station in America. It's a tell, pretty nice come up. Tell, tell, tell me that tell me that hot take doesn't sell. I mean, hey, listen, we've seen Skip Bayless and guys like that mm-hmm. have made an entire career off yep. of just yep. hot takes. Hey, I mean, again, Colin Cowturd and people like that. You know, when Cowturd, you know, gets all hot takey. Look, I'll, I'll tell you the latest one. Is that Jason McIntyre? I think he's dreadful. I, I again I, I think he's I yeah, think he's he, dreadful, but he's hot take sells. Bad. He's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. But but hey, <laughs> you know what? He's worked himself into being on Cowturd show and all these other platforms and all this, that, and the other. You know, again, and I hate to say it this way because I, I really like Joy Taylor. I really like Joy. Really. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you I like Joy Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Me too. But you know, she's learned from Cowturd about how to be hot takey, right? Yep. And she mm-hmm. she sometimes fills in for him, and she does, I don't know, she does like one of those roundtable kinds mm-hmm. of shows on, on FS1 or whatever, yeah. Yeah. and she's making a name for herself because she's all hot takey. Why are the Falcons not going after Lamar? Without without understanding the even the most subtle nuance of it, why are the Falcons not pursuing Who was their quarterback? That She doesn't understand anything. 
but it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. She's hot takey. She got her hot takes out there, and 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 they've all learned at the at the foot of the master. You know, Jason McIntyre and Joy Taylor. You know, they they learned at the foot of the master and Colin Cowturd. So good for Sal Lipskitz, but let's not kid ourselves, man. Let let's not kid ourselves. Hot take sells. Yeah, I mean, because listen, what, what do they always say? You know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Right. As long as you have eyes on you, you're fine. It right. doesn't matter if it, if they if they're saying bad stuff about you, if right. they're saying good stuff about you, doesn't matter. As long as they're paying attention. Right. That's it. Yeah. I mean, look. If that's, oh, I won't get into the whole carton thing. You know, I got suspended for that for <laughs> for a night. Um, but I, again. You, you you get these guys, and doesn't matter if they're one percent correct in their opinions or this or that, or it doesn't really matter. They say it with enough vociferousness, mm-hmm. you know, and they and they put it out there. And if you can, again, you what it really is is you have to learn to be able to take the heat when you're wrong. Yeah, yeah, and and, also- I, and I don't, I, I'm not even sure if some of those guys aren't purposely. Trying to be wrong oh, by yeah. saying stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. There, but here, here's one of the things, um, and I, and this is something that was told to me about politics, but it applies still here. Even if you're lying, tell the lie loud, right, and tell it often, right, right. That that's the. I mean, soon and, enough, people will start to believe. Again, it. that's the old. You know, you know what that philosophy is. That's the old Joseph Goebbels, uh, who was the Nazi Ministry of propaganda, mm-hmm. yep. um, you know, he's like, if you tell a lie long enough, it becomes truth. Yeah. That was his mantra was say it loud, say it, you know, often. But if you tell a lie long enough, it, it starts to become truth. Yep. Yep. But but again, I again, I'm sh- I'm I'm sure that I'm sure that Sal thought, you know, that this division was over or whatever like that. But again, you have to proclaim it. Can't back down from it. Yeah, because here's the thing: you can't you can't be like, oh yeah, I feel like I feel like this division. No, 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 no. Don't don't feel it. Say it. Right. Stand by. And, and and the other thing is too, is don't apologize for it. Exactly. Do not apologize exactly. for it. Don't yeah. apologize, because again, that's the worst thing. Because when that starts to happen, then you lose all credibility. Because why why would I believe you if you if you're going to be wrong and you're going to have to apologize? Why would I start believing you? So I listen. I give him credit, but again, you know that that afternoons on WFAN, that's Mike and the Mad Dog and Francesa. Yeah. You know all those spot. decades. That that's that's big time stuff. For for a guy to go from midnight to yeah. five a.m. and the, get promoted to FAN midday or yeah. sorry uh, FAM afternoons. Yeah, that's it's big. a big deal. That's a huge jump. Yep, it's a big <laughs> deal for that to happen. All because he said the NL East is over. It's over. I sound like some guy from Boston now. <laughs> but yeah, again, I I gotta find a way to get hot takey. I gotta I gotta study it. I gotta study it. Hot take Tommy's feet. <laughs> gotta I gotta go learn to how to. I gotta learn takes. how to get hot takey. Yeah. We gotta figure it. We, we'll do something for you. We'll, we gotta. We got I gotta start coming up with some of the most ridiculous things yeah. in the history of mankind. That's what we'll do. We'll, we'll, we'll because have here's be the exercise. problem. Here's the problem. 
The problem is when I give my opinions, most of the, the vast majority of time, they end up being true. They end up coming true. And it's like, dang, like, you know, like, you know, again, you know, like 9.46 out of 10 yeah, becomes yeah. true. You know, there's that there's that slight one. But, mm-hmm. you know, again, it, it needs to get to more of a 50-50 kind of so being you gotta, right. So you're saying you just got to be wrong more. Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Right. Yeah, so I've, I've, got to, I've got to learn how to be wrong more. All right, so tomorrow we'll do an exercise. We're going to try and find something okay. that you can be wrong about. Okay. Find, yeah. find, find some yeah. hot take that you can be wrong yeah. about. Yeah, you know, yes. I mean, yeah, we got we got to figure out a way to start getting more hot takey and being more wrong, you know. And I guess that's the problem. I guess that's just, you know, the, the, the inherent problem with – with when I give my opinion yeah. is I know I'm right, but yeah. so I mean, hey, just you you could just come out and say, hey, Desmond Ritter's going to throw for 40 touchdowns next year. Boom, there we go. Yeah, but that that doesn't even feel like it's it, that doesn't feel hot takey enough. It, we got to go crazier. Okay, Desmond Ritter's going to break the record for most passing touchdowns in a single season. But Are we see, going far now, enough but, yet? But see, but see, that's so. Okay, here's the difference though in something like that. That's just being bombastic. Like that's not hot takey. Fair, fair. I mean, there, there's there's that, a difference between just kind of be, making a ridiculous proclamation and yeah. being hot take guy. It has to be. There has to be like a little bit of actual credibility and some uh, just a slight sliver of truth mm-hmm. to the hot take. Yeah. I, I mean, look, Carl and Mike faced it. You know, when they talked about Trey Young. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they they <laughs> they faced it right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So again, that's the difference between making crazy proclamations and being a hot take guy, and that's where I got to get to. I got to start getting into more hot takiness. So let's uh, let's work on that. We'll do an exercise at some point tomorrow. We got to get we got to get hot takey. It paid off for Sal Lipskitz. I mean, you know he's moving up to. Midday, or sorry, afternoons on FAN. Something must be working. It ain't working for me. All right, we'll wrap things up with a love TKO for however long I'm here. <laughs> Sports Radio, not to the game, honestly.com app. To more of the John Chuckery Show. Okay, okay. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We're wrapping things up on the John Chuckery Show, as we always do with that love TKO. Uh, we got the JR Sports Brief coming up. I don't even know who the hell knows anymore. So, anyway, before we get out of here, let me let you listen to the greatest opening lyric in all of music history. Looking back, all of my years, I guess I shed some tears. Yeah, we got to work on our hot takiness because Sal Lipskitz, you know, getting promoted to uh, afternoons on WFAN. And I think he did. I think he does do midnight to 5 a.m. I think he's got a five-hour shift. Yeah. So uh, I think that I think that's what his shift is. So. so what you're telling me is, if we get more hot takey, you'll be the new Dukes. You'll be in Dukes and Bell spot. 
Uh, no, I'll probably get fired. <laughs> you know, I'll probably, be, I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably have to quit radio before. Let me, let me put it like this: to, to, you know, to before I get promoted, I'll have to go to like Myrtle Beach or something like that to do radio. You know, or do do overnights in Rhode Island, as Kyle Turk said. So, anyway, but um, we'll be back uh, tomorrow night. We'll uh, we'll try to get more hot takey with you, and um, you know, we'll uh, we'll talk some Braves baseball. We'll open up the phone lines right after the Braves finish up. So we'll kind of do our own sort of post game show with everything. So anyway, all right, we gotta get out of here. For Dom, it's Chuckery. We'll see you AMF. Trying to hold on, faith is gone. It's just another sad song. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.